Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, August 13th. It was my last day in Cincinnati for day two of this year's Western and Southern Open. I made a mistake yesterday, so I want to correct it. It is a Masters 1000 event for the men, a Premier 5 event for the women. We are fortunate enough to see so many of the top players play this event. But, of course, it is not one of their premier mandatory. So a bit of a screw up there on my part. My bad. But that being said, an incredible day two of action. The main draw got underway on both men's and women's singles. So a ton of matches throughout the grounds all day long. On the press availability side, yesterday I talked about how I had the chance to talk to a bunch of the top male players for the first time. Djokovic, Federer, uh, God, it was so overwhelming. I'm already losing track. Nishikori, Tsitsipas, Virev. A lot of that content you'll see on our website, CrackedRackets.com, on our Twitter and Instagram feeds, at CrackedRackets. So if you want to go check that out, go give those a look. Of course, I talked about it yesterday on the Mini Break podcast as well. Today, we had the women's top players available to us. Sloane Stevens, Naomi Osaka, uh, Carolina Pliskova. We had uh, Burton's. We had, again, so many great. Maria Sharapova had her press conference after her match that of course for me the first time to get to talk to her and be in one of those press conferences that was a thrill I also had the chance to speak with Dominic Team, who was in today Ashley Barty uh, Petra Kvitova Alina Svitolina so I want to talk about you know those messages what we heard from them in the press room their feelings going into this you know final event and then this U.S. Open uh, home court uh, home really stretch of the 2019 season but let's start with the play itself, and again, much like last night, it's just going to be me steering the ship, so not too deep of breakdowns on the play, uh, but I do want to talk about all of the match. I'll start with the women's singles match in the match. I got to see a bunch of uh, Diana Yastremska takes on Karolina Wozniacki and knocks her out 6-4, 6-4. That was the late-night match on grandstand. Uh, look, being having the media pass again, you get the chance to sit in places normally as fans you don't get to sit. So I was behind Carolina Wozniacki's uh, player box. I happened to see David Lee, her husband, uh, former NBA All-Star, and his parents in the crowd. I was right behind them for this entire match. So obviously my adrenaline was pumping from ball number one. I'm lasered in. I did have to go. I went to the Kyrgios press conference, the Sharapova press conference, so I missed the start of the second set and probably the, the first half of it as well. But, you know, it, it was a really interesting match. Yastrzemska, the one who clearly the more powerful of the player, the more able to be aggressive, more able to dictate from point to point. But Wozniacki, she's a survivor. She always has been. She scraps, she claws, she makes that extra ball. She makes you uncomfortable by changing direction. Uh, you could tell just, you know, it took a little bit for Wozniacki to get comfortable. She went down an early break in that first set in Yastrzemska, who was really just going after everything. Her power for the 19-year-old so impressive. Uh, she just, she dictated too much. Wozniacki uh, got off to a slow start. She didn't have a chance to come back. She was up a break in the second set, up 4-3, and it was very interesting. Again, this is one of the things being at the match. Wozniacki was getting very frustrated because Yastrzemska likes to bounce in place as Wozniacki's bouncing the ball to start serving, and Wozniacki thought, you know, she should do that before that. It was disrupting her service, and there was certain chirping coming from the box. I'm not going to say who and what, but it was very fun to just be in that environment, see you know firsthand how competitive it gets between these players because the camera doesn't always pick up all of those things on a live stream. And you know, Yastrzemska won this six four six four, but a very very competitive match. She breaks back for all, holds for five four, and then 
you know, Wozniacki threw in a double fault, two early unforced errors to go down Love 40, got one of them back, but in the end, just, you know, Yastrzemska too much, Wozniacki couldn't make enough extra balls, she was on her back foot too often, and that's why the young 19-year-old has been so impressive, because she's able to do that to so many players. Uh, moving through the rest of the draw, another match I got to see on center court. Sharapova takes out Ali Risk, 6-3-7-6. In the press conference, I asked Sharapova, who served for the match at 6-5. She only has two wins now since January on the tour. And so I asked her, serving for the match at 6-5, you know, even for a player of her level, does she still experience the butterflies, the nerves of trying to serve on a match? And she was very candid. She said, yeah, and that's why I play, because I love that thrill. And to be honest, despite all of my experience, because I haven't played many matches in 2019, I felt those nerves even more so. That's how Allie was able to break me. Plus, she, you know, she obviously credited Risk for being aggressive in those moments. But to see Sharapova realign herself, win the tiebreaker in the fashion that she did, she was really, I mean, Allie Risk could not stretch Sharapova to the outer third. She was the one moving Risk around. So a good performance from her. I think she now matches up with Ashley Barty, a uh, French Open champion, obviously, who is coming off of her first match loss first first match loss of the season in Canada so that'll be a very fun second round match uh, moving through the rest of the draw Kuznetsova three sets over Sevastova Pedersen three sets over Kanta Swatik over Garcia Sabalenka over Martic Kudermatova over Para, Sakari over Georgie Venus Williams survives Lauren Davis seven five six two Davis so scrappy uh, you know very close very close six two second set but in the end, Venus, just too much power, was able to overwhelm Davis with the serve, with the plus one tennis she's able to play. Uh, Sasnovich, a three-set winner over Astra Sharma, 6-1-4-6-6-1. Putin Seva survives an Ostapenko comeback attempt, 6-2, 6-7, And the last women's match of the day, or not, you know, chrono- uh, chronologically, but the last result, Lise Mertens knocks off hometown favorite and wild card uh, City Open superstar Katie McNally, 7-5-6-0. McNally was up 5-3, serving for the set, and, you know, obviously that run for Mertens to run off 10 games, it just, you could tell McNally was very flustered having lost that first set, and in the end, you know, Mertens did just enough to survive, so... Great results uh, there on the women's side. Again, sets up a very exciting second round in a lot of places. And we also are going to have a very exciting second batch of, I believe, first round, round of 64 matches. Actually, are there any round of 64? Yeah, I think there are some round of 64 matches today. So, you know, some half the draw is set. But again, it's a Masters. It's Premier 5. These are the top players in the world. Every match is exciting tennis. Uh, let's move over to the men's side now because, again, we had our first round of action there. Uh, a match that got suspended, Riley Opelka in number 12 seed, Borna Chorich. Chorich won the first 6-4, Opelka won the second 6-3, Chorich up 4-3 on serve when it started raining around midnight. You know, for Chorich and Opelka, I, I thought Riley did a really good job of dictating. I thought he did a really good job of being aggressive on Borna's second serves, going big after the ball. I mean, for Riley, when he serves, you know what to expect, bombs. Uh, George did. A, he played much more aggressive tennis. He really got Opelka stretched and kept, you know, changing his pattern of which side he attacked uh, throughout that first set. But you know, both guys visibly, visibly frustrated with their own levels. Opelka, I think, has had four break points so far in the third set. wasn't able to convert any of them. For George, he hasn't had any break points, and he's just misfiring so many approach shots right now. It's really it's striking to see. So going to be fun to watch that match. I believe that's the third match on center court on Tuesday, or today, I should say. So um, 
you know, be on the lookout for that one. I, it was fun to be courtside for that as well because late at night I'm able to get, you know, a really nice angle. And so it was fun. I also met our guy, Parson Damati. I can confirm Parson Damati, real human. And so for a long time I wasn't sure. I know many on tennis Twitter also aren't sure. Is it a parody? Is it not? He might get mad at me for revealing, but I can confirm he is a real human. Um, moving back to the tennis, though, speaking of real humans, Nick Kyrgios is really playing good tennis now, takes out Lorenzo Sinego, the young Italian, 7-5-6-4. You know what to expect with Kyrgios. Jumping forehands, tweeners, this match had it all. Uh, Carreno Busta uses his momentum from qualifying, knocks out Jill Simone, 5-6. Struff knocks out Karlovic, 5-6. Landero over Berrettini, 7-6-6-3 for Berrettini, making his first match return from injury. Uh, you know, that happens when you're on the comeback. So I'm not going to be, yeah, he was number what, four, I think, or yeah, number four on my next gen list behind Medvedev for seasons in 2019 because he has been that good. Not going to freak out over one first round loss. He's earned that sort of respect to where, you know, those sort of things happen on the comeback. Uh, Guido Peo knocks out qualifier Casper Ruud, five and six. Query gets a break back when Air Bear served for the second set at 5 4, ends up winning the match 7 6 7 6. Kesmenovic rides his momentum uh, from qualifying to knock off FAA 3 and 3. Kesmenovic, man, so solid. I mean, there's not a lot this guy can't do. He's not going to hit the biggest shots, the biggest winners, the biggest serves, but he's going to make everything deep with pace. He's going to open up angles when he sees them. He moves very well. He just weathered the storm. That is FAA. He made that extra ball. You could tell he was in a rhythm. He knew the conditions. FAA a little hot, a little flustered. So good win for Kasmanovic. Um, Luka Pui knocks off qualifier Dennis Kudla, 6-3-7-6. Manorino over qualifier uh, Christian Guerin, 4-1. Radu Elbot knocks off number 14 seed Marin Cilic, 6-4-7-6. Saw some of this match. Cilic just never able to get in a rhythm in this one. So many forehand errors yanked wide. So many backhand errors yanked wide. There was just, he was trying to attack, but it just wasn't there. And credit to Radu Elbot, man. That guy, he can generate power on a whim. He, he You know, he's small, not nearly, his physical stature is never going to blow anyone out of the water just a very sneaky powerful player sort of like a Barankus in that way it's just they're going to wind up and they're going to go for their shots and you know Elbot he kept Chilich on his back toe as much as possible he served really well so good win for him well deserved um two more to talk about Yoshihito Nishioka 7-5-5-7-6-4 over Jordan Thompson uh, Thompson I love Nishioka. Talk about a hustler, a grinder. He, his his ball, his rally ball is not going to blow you out of the water in terms of power, but boy, he'll change direction with every shot. There's no angle he's uncomfortable with. He's going to track everything down. Just a very cerebral player. Really does a nice job opening up angles for himself. Sneaky power, sneaky good serve. You know, he can go down the line when needed. And again, because he's got every skill in the book, he can go down the line when needed. Uh, and he just outlasted Jordan Thompson. A really, really good result for Yoshi. I, you know, now that he's been healthy for two seasons, you know the knee. Hopefully, not concern anymore. This guy's a threat to do damage at the U.S. Open. Maybe not, you know, make a quarterfinal, but third round. If you see him in the draw and you're a, you know, a 16 seed, let's say. I don't know who comes to mind right now. John Isner, like that's a uh, maybe John Isner just because of how big he is. That's a unique problem, but you, you get what I'm you get what I'm saying in terms of he is a, he's a floater. He, you know, a dangerous player, not a guy you want to. Jill Simone, maybe that's the guy if he matches up there. Like Borna Chorch, that's such a tough out for Chorch. That sort of thing. Um, and then the last result on the men's side: Richard Gasquet six four six four over Andy Murray. <sighs> 
I mean, we Murray talked about it yesterday. We knew this isn't the best Andy Murray, but there was times in the second set I thought he was starting to move a little better, be a little more comfortable hitting the backhand, chasing, you know, drop shots, lobs, doing the counterpunching, and just, you know, yanking around the court that prime Andy Murray used to do, but the fastball wasn't there. I thought he ran around his backhand a lot more than he used to, you know, primetime Andy Murray, his backhand was right up there with Djokovic as the best in the game. Watch that 2012 Australian Open semifinal match. They go backhand to backhand, and many times Murray wins the exchanges. Um, but I just, a lot of slice. I, I It was weird to see. It, it's going to take some adjusting. Uh, obviously, I'll be patient. I'm just happy, and I think all I can speak for all tennis fans when I say we're happy to see him back on the court. But, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's not a... It's it's a slow process, and I think he mentioned yesterday in his press conference he is not going to be playing singles at the U.S. Open. I understand that. Slow and steady. He's going to get wild cards wherever he wants, so it, it's a long process. Hopefully we're going to get you know four to five more years of Andy if he rehabs the right way. All right, that's all of the tennis I wanted to talk about. Again, one other thing I want to do on this podcast. We'll keep it on the shorter side. Uh, I want to talk about what I saw in the press conference. And again, uh, to go through Simona Halep, 1130. Uh, Sloan Stevens right at, you don't care about the times, but uh, Simona Halep goes first. Obviously, she's asked how she's feeling since Wimbledon, uh, what that thrills like, what it's been like since that, the reception she received in her home country, how she's going to make the adjustment and prepare for this hard court season using that momentum she gathered at Wimbledon. Uh, Sloane Stevens, such a fun personality, so candid, so uh, engaging uh, is just a very great word to use because she looks you directly in the eyes. She answers your question directly. You know, she's she'll swear if she feels it's necessary. She'll say, look, with all due respect, I have much to say on the topic, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on people's toes. I don't want to be disrespectful. It's just she's very candid, so I, I just really appreciate it. She shared her full pers- perspective on things, and again, it's just so fun to be in the room. Uh, I mean, in terms of her tennis, I, since I know you guys are wondering, she's obviously struggled this year, but she she understands that. She's still confident. She started working with a new coach. She understands the process that goes along with that, getting back to the basics, the little things. Uh, but when asked, she said, right now, I'm in need of a win. Like, that's what she's looking for at this Cincinnati. She needs to win some matches. She knows what she can do in New York if she's playing her best tennis. But it's just about being there, uh, you know, uh, or being confident heading into that, both physically, mentally, just doing all the things you need to do to prepare. After Stevens, we had Naomi Osaka. And I'll say this about Osaka. A lot is made on tennis Twitter that, you know, she, she she's goofy in the good way. She she's an odd personality, and again in the most endearing, innocent, kind way. But she comes into the press conference and she goes, you know, do you guys want to hear a joke? And obviously, we're like, joke. Well, what? From a time like yeah, we'll we'll hear the joke. And so, she, and this is a bit of a misphrasing, but she goes, when it's deuce and you loose, you gotta have the juice or something like that. And I mean, we obviously all laughed, but I just remember being like, oh, so all of that stuff's real. She really is. This is the real her. It's genuine. She is this goofy, uh, you know, shy but still engaging and, you know, charming, just so innocent, seems so loving. 
uh, personality. And, you know, she was asked about younger players who have recently said they look up to her uh, as they try and make their breakthroughs. And, she's, you know, she joked around. She's like, it's funny to be considering old, considered old, but hopefully I still got a few wins left in the tank. Uh, but it's all, again, she's just very... It's all real. All her personality on court, off court, everything. That's clearly how she acts. And it's just really refreshing to see that sort of honesty, I suppose, in a press conference uh, versus, let me say, uh, you know, the, the Alex. Well, I thought Zverev was very candid, too. And I thought Tsitsipas was as well. Maybe it's these young people who have grown up accustomed to this media uh, brigade, how things play on social media, Twitter, Instagram versus, you know, Federer, Djokovic, so polished. They've been there for so long. But and these younger players, it's nice to hear their perspective versus an Ash Barty, who's the best of both worlds. I mean, this this girl, this girl, this young woman, this she's like I think three months younger than me, maybe four or five. So she, and yet she comes off just ready for superstardom. I just the way she handled every question. Um, I mean, a thorough answer, an intelligent answer, uh, some some you know some sort of story to go along with each question to give perspective. I mean, again she's all the success she's had she's clearly prepared herself for it and she deserves it because she was that impressive to me in the press room she talked about i asked her you know this was your first first round loss in montreal in toronto is there anything you and your team did differently this week to prepare since you had that extra stretch of time and she said you know it was nice to get the extra week of practice but no it's no panic for us you know they are so confident in what they've been doing and given she took a lot of time off post wimbledon they expected you know it's about you know slow it and steady uh ramping up how much you do in between in between sessions how many sessions you're doing to get ready for the u.s open and she feels confident she's excited to play the cincinnati tournament she thinks she can do well she's excited to play doubles with azarenka um, come u.s open time so she talked a little bit about that partnership it was really cool and yeah it's just again another exciting young player uh who it seems will be a name in the WTA for the foreseeable future. Uh, next came Petra Kvitova. She was awesome. Uh, I mean, so much she can talk about, but for her, it really lasted on what are you, you know, how healthy are you? How are you feeling? What have you been doing to train to stay healthy? What are the adjustments you feel yourself making? And you can tell she just really wants to get back on the tennis court. And hopefully she continues to have that sort of health because we all know what she's capable of. She made that final at the Australian Open playing so well. Um, I think she said it was a tear in the muscle, and so she hasn't had any surgery, but it's just it's hard to rehab you know, constantly and do the training you want to do when you have that sort of soreness. Uh, but she she looks ready. She looked fit. She looks in shape. That's the other thing. All of these players are so freaking fit. Uh, you know, Kiki Burton's comes into the room, and I'm this, this girl's f***ing jacked. Like I was like, oh my god, like you are so in shape, and it's obvious you're a top freaking WTA tennis player in the world. Uh, you don't get to that level unless you are in the epitome of athletic shape. But it's just like I would kill for your arms because she's jacked. Like it's just. It was, I was like, that. I see now. You're one of the fittest players on tour. And you have a workout regimen, which is something that was talked about. I was like, I completely get it. That's why you're that good. Um, and then others, you know, Pliskova came in. Uh, I mentioned uh, the, there was a Venus Williams press conference. Fidelina came in. Sharapova had her press conference. But I want to talk about one more thing before I wrap up, and that's Dominic Team's appearance. And look, I'm not going to uh, – there was this, you know, Ben Rothenberg tweeted it out that – 
let's talk about Pringlegate is what we'll call it. So we're in the press gaggle with Dominic team round table asking him questions. And I'm going to say, I asked the question before saying, you, you know, I talked about his run recently, uh, where he was in his home uh, country. He won a title there on the red clay on a red clay, uh, surface i suppose after wimbledon but i mentioned how his scheduling has kind of changed over the career is that something that he made the conscious choice of doing or is it just by circumstance and he's like no you know you have to ramp down the play and then one other reporter uh, follows up and he goes but what is your topic uh, what is your thoughts on red clay tournaments after wimbledon and you know it's it's sort of a sticky topic because Dominic Team hugely successful on clay. He obviously wants as many of those clay tournaments as possible at all times in the year. And he goes, let me, let me put it this way: Is it easy to find tennis balls in a Pringles can? And there was silence. And then there was some laughter, but it was like, what? What? Like, I, what? And he and again he goes. Is it easy to find pring- or tennis balls in a Pringles can? And, like, it was very funny because Sharapova answered a question that way in her press conference making a joke of it, but... What the fuck? <laughs> like, it was unbelievable. I don't even know what to say. It was it was very funny, and I, I suppose it was his way of saying... And he kind of elaborated. He's like, we want, I want more clay events. Why shouldn't there be clay events? It's always good to have more tournaments if possible, but... I guess when upset, you know, the cylinders, just on a on a practical level, you know, I guess those long tennis ball cans are sort of like Pringles cans. The Pringles can's a big cylinder, you know, the sphere in the cylinder. I suppose it makes sense, but that was interesting. That was quite the little quirky tidbit. Maybe something's lost in translation. Uh, someone made the joke on Twitter, but I, I also said this in the room. If I heard Dominic Team has started a Pringles sponsorship, would not shock me at all. But all right, with that being said, uh, if you want to see any of the video, the audio from those files, be on the lookout for them on our website. Uh, from those press conferences, be on the lookout on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at CrackedRackets is the account. Uh, I'm sure our team will be having those uh, updated on there throughout the day. A ton of content to put up, so you know we're keeping them busy. And as always, the people who I thank because I know I keep them busy our super producers Max Fleeker and Daniel Westoff who have a f- of an editing job to do as always all right I'm I am homebound after this so this will be my last day in Cincy tomorrow's podcast the usual Wednesday duo uh James Foster McDonald Matthew the cracks to Koyak in the booth they'll be talking about Cincy doing our more traditional deep dives on these matches whatever you know they'll, they'll whichever matches they pick throughout the day and as I mentioned there are a ton of good ones so be on the lookout for that like rate subscribe review uh, five-star reviews only please and again if you have any comments we want to hear them what matches do you want us to break down are there any topics you'd like us to discuss uh, we're happy to do that so let us know but oh and I should also say be on the lookout because we have some fun news coming on the Cracked Rackets front that I promise you listeners will enjoy. So just uh, stick around. I'm not quite sure where we're, when we're going to be making that announcement, but I know we're going to be making it soon. So be on the lookout for that as well. But for our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westhoff, and from our entire team at Cracked Rackets, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.